What's up, everybody? My name is Zach Schumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports for Wednesday, August 23rd. Man, yesterday was crazy. I did not expect that trade. Kyrie Irving is now a Boston Celtic. I'm on top of the world, by the way. My little brother, Zeke, came to visit me here in Pullman, Washington, and I'm just having the time of my life. I love this place so much. We have a ton of great topics for today. I'm so excited to talk about Kyrie Irving. Man, like I'm, oh, I'm bursting. But for, later in the show, I will discuss why I'm giving Conor McGregor a sliver of hope to win in the fight this weekend. But first, topic one for today. Let's jump into the biggest story of the week. Two significant things happened last week, or last night. First off, last night, Kyrie Irving was traded to the Boston Celtics for Isaiah Thomas, a couple of players, and a draft pick. Also last night, I went to a fraternity. They are related, so hang in there. Trust me, the frat story will make sense. I have said I would never join a frat. Frat boys often really rub me the wrong way. Like, I always meet stereotypical frat boys. From my perspective, they're cocky guys in tank tops. They just want to drink a ton. And that's not me. I'm not about that. So stereotypical frat boy and I came to college for very different reasons. Tank top frat boy is here to have fun. I'm here to become a broadcaster. So last night when one of my former offensive linemen invited me to his frat for dinner, I was really hesitant. I was like, uh, I don't know about that. But he's a good dude. He really helped me a ton my junior year of high school. So I showed up and I was blown away. His frat is really different from others I've been around. They're focused on school. They're, they're regular dudes. They're nerds just like me. And I mean that in the kindest way. They aren't cocky tank top frat guy. They're cool down to earth frat guy. They, they don't haze. They, they were speaking my language last night. I was like, man, these guys are awesome. So last night, the Cleveland Cavaliers made all of this noise. They made all the right moves. They replaced Kyrie Irving with another all-star point guard. Great. They got Drake. They got Jay Crowder, who can contribute significantly to the Cavaliers roster. And even though I've never heard of Ante Zizek before, I'm told he's a promising young big man. Last night, the frat guys seemed like great guys. And they said everything right. You know, they don't haze. They're focused on school. And they even gave me a bid, which, by the way, that's amazing. It means they offered me a, fra- a spot in their fraternity. I didn't have to go through all the, the crap and all the work of recruitment. Honestly, it was, if I wanted to be in a frat, it was a perfect scenario. If I wanted to be in a frat. See, my mind is made up. I'm here at WSU to make podcasts and get a news broadcasting degree. I'm here to focus. I don't want any distractions. I'm a man on a mission. And I'm already, I already love my plan. My plan works. It, it's, I think it's going really well. I'm not going to join a frat. No matter what they said, I was not going to change my mind. The, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers got everything right, on paper at least. They got LeBron James, a player, to replace Kyrie Irving. They also got some guys who can help contribute next year. They were saying all the right things, kind of like those frat guys. But LeBron James has made up his mind. LeBron James is leaving Cleveland. It doesn't matter what you do or what you say. Well, so what does LeBron James value? And what is he trying to do? LeBron James values experienced NBA players. He's also trying to beat the Golden State Warriors. First of all, the trade sets up the Cavs to receive a 19-year-old baby through the draft. 
LeBron doesn't want to play with 19-year-olds. Remember, he values experience. It's LeBron or the pick. You're not going to get both. So they may consider trading the pick, but then the Cavs would have to make a really tough decision. Do we go with LeBron James and invest in our long... Do we go with LeBron James or do we invest, get rid of him and invest in our long-term viability? Because eventually LeBron James is going to retire. I mean, you get a guy for 15 years or five years. What do you do? LeBron also wants to beat the Warriors. The, the Cavs are still going to make a deep playoff run. I, I think, honestly, they're, they're still the best team in the Eastern Conference. But they're not going to be able to beat the Warriors. Not with this team. In fact, this trade actually made the Warriors a worse matchup. This, this, now the Cavs match up with the Warriors far worse than before, right? One, the, the one time they beat them in the finals, what did they do? They had a historic three-point shooting night. This trade does not make them better at shooting threes. This trade does not make them closer to beating the Warriors. Kyrie Irving has a better three-point percentage than Isaiah Thomas, both last year and lifetime. So, so the Cavs are now farther from beating the Warriors. And I think because of his style of play, Isaiah Thomas is going to deteriorate quickly. First of all, injuries will plague him, and eventually he'll have to, he'll, he'll, he will lose a step. I think this guy is going to retire in Cleveland, actually. He has like three years left. Isaiah Thomas is not a good long-term solution. LeBron has a plan, and I don't know what it is, but I'm certain his plan involves leaving Cleveland. Here are some examples. The other day, it was reported that LeBron James was leaving Cleveland 100% at the end of this year. And did you notice something? LeBron James did not deny it. So you, you know when that story came out about LeBron James would beat up Kyrie Irving? LeBron James immediately responded to that. He said, no way, I would never do that. LeBron James is extremely aware of what is said about him. I read into his lack of denial as something. There's something there. Another issue with LeBron staying in Cleveland is Dan Gilbert, the Cleveland Cavaliers owner. Dan Gilbert and LeBron butt heads often. They have a rocky relationship, and I don't think that's going to last. LeBron is out of Cleveland. Last night sealed a deal. I really believe he's going to build something new somewhere else. I don't know his plan, but I'm certain LeBron James' new plan next year does not involve the Cleveland Cavaliers. So let's go into the specifics of last night's trade. I want to tell you who won the trade last night. So the Celtics will receive superstar point guard Kyrie Irving. Well, on the other side, the Cavaliers will receive all-star point guard Isaiah Thomas. In the trade, the Cavs also acquired, first of all, Jay Crowder, a good player. Two, the Brooklyn Nets 2018 first-round draft pick. And three, Ante Zizek, who, again, supposedly he's a promising young big man. Honestly, I believe this trade is really good for both teams. It's not perfect, but given the situation, this is probably the best future for both franchises. Right? Let's look at it first from the, the Celtics' perspective. So this is the trade from the Celtics' perspective. How does this trade affect the Celtics? I don't believe the Celtics were comfortable having Isaiah Thomas as their franchise player. I wouldn't have wanted Isaiah Thomas as my franchise player, in fact. Isaiah Thomas is awesome to watch, right? He's got some issues. Um, and none of them, no one's discussing the issues that Isaiah Thomas has. First of all, he's turning 29 last year, next year. 
Next year, he turns 29. And normally, you wouldn't be worried about a guy in the NBA at 29. 29 is not that old for an NBA player. But I'm also worried about his height. This dude is my size. He's 5'10". Well, I'm 5'10". I'm, I'm taller than Isaiah Thomas. And I'm 5'10 and 5'11", maybe. Mixing those two things together, being short and aging, do not give me confidence in Isaiah Thomas. It sucks. You know, I was discriminated against for my size in football. So I hate to do that to Isaiah, but it's not personal. I just, I wouldn't want a 5'9 Energizer Bunny as my point guard. Energizer Bunny. See, that's the other problem with Isaiah Thomas, at least another one of them. Similar to Russell Westbrook, Isaiah is all over the basketball court. That wears you down quickly. Isaiah Thomas already has hip issues. I believe he will deteriorate quickly. Over the next two to three years. Isaiah's contract is also up at the end of this year. Which means he's probably going to expect a max contract. Because he's not the guy I would want as my franchise quarterback. As my franchise player, I mean. I would not want to re-sign Isaiah Thomas to a max deal. This move allowed the Celtics to use Isaiah Thomas as an asset. And get something of value for him. This is a huge win for the Celtics. They no longer have to pay a guy that they didn't really want. They were able to get a fantastic replacement with Kyrie Irving. He'll be able to bolster the roster for years, and I think he's going to work really well with Brad Stevens. Finally, you know, the Celtics have had all these assets, and they finally used them. I'm so so proud of Danny Ainge. You know, man, he finally pulled the trigger, that guy. This was a great move for the Celtics. Now, for the Cavaliers, how did this how does this work out for the Cavaliers? This was also a great move for them. From Cleveland's perspective, you have to prepare for the future. A future where you don't have LeBron James. Isaiah Thomas wouldn't work for the Celtics because he's not a long-term solution. But it works for Cleveland because if because, because when not when, not if, but when LeBron James leaves Cleveland. LeBron James is going to leave Cleveland. They needed to do everything they possibly can to stay relevant. The Cavaliers need to stay relevant. Isaiah Thomas keeps the Cavaliers interesting. He will deteriorate quickly and probably end his career in Cleveland, but that's irrelevant. Don't forget everything else in the trade. The Cavaliers also received the Brooklyn Nets 2018 first round pick. The Brooklyn Nets are terrible. And since the Cavs have their pick and they could make a huge playoff run, the Cavaliers could... The Cavaliers probably lose in the finals again next year, right? This time, however, at the end of that season, they might receive a first-round pick. In fact, the Nets are so bad, they might even get the number one overall pick. That potentially could land them a long-term franchise player. They will also still have Kevin Love. Plus, adding Jay Crowder isn't bad. He's a solid defender who can contribute for the Cavs. So this trade gives the Celtics a franchise player that they want. It also gives... The Cleveland Cavaliers are relevant player when LeBron James leaves. By giving them all the pieces that makes them competitive for the next years, it works out for both teams. Both of them got a pretty good outcome. The Celtics have their guy for years, and now when LeBron leaves, the Cleveland Cavaliers can stay relevant and continue to compete in the Eastern Conference. I'm going to grab some water. When I return, I want to talk about college football and why the NCAA reminds me of my old boss. Then later, I will tackle Conor McGregor and share why I think he may have a tiny sliver of hope in the fight on Saturday. That's next. I'm Zach Schaumler. This is Strong Opinion Sports. 
gosh, everyone is walking around campus today holding hands. Yeah, I cannot do that. I'll, I, I'll hold your hand at a movie or at dinner, but not walking somewhere. Gosh, I cannot. I can't do it. Like, isn't it all just to say, like, look at us. We're dating. Yeah, I've got places to be. I'll hold your hand later, sweetheart. I, I just, uh, I, I don't do the hand-holding thing. It, it drives me nuts. I see it all over campus, and I'm like, what? Ugh. Let's shift our focus to college football, specifically the NCAA and its relationship with student athletes. To do this right, we need to start with me in high school. I had two jobs in high school. One of them was at a movie theater. The job was fine. I didn't like it very much, and I really didn't like my manager. But I, I did like the other employees I worked with. It wasn't terrible. I mean, actually, I guess this job is where I learned the importance of a good manager. My manager at the movie theater made up all kinds of ridiculous rules that he, he wanted us to follow. I did really well at this job. I was even employee of the month several times. The reason I was employee of the month was because I understood how important it was to do the weird things my manager valued. I didn't like his rules, and, and I certainly did not agree with them, let me tell you. But I knew I was better served to play by his silly rules. My manager was ridiculous. In fact, usually his ideas and theories ended up making us do way more work it was unfair and and i really didn't like it it stunk but i did like the paycheck so i kept my mouth shut and i played by his rules by playing by his rules i my silly my, by playing by the rules my silly manager gave us i was able to make a little bit of money it wasn't a bad gig i even got to go see movies for free every once in a while i could take a plus one it was great a lot of dates happened that way it wasn't perfect by any means but it wasn't a bad gig Earlier this summer, Donald De La Haye, the backup kicker at University of Central Florida, gave up football because the NCAA gave him an ultimatum. They told him, if you want to play college football on scholarship, then you can't use your YouTube channel to make money. Donald De La Haye made vlogs and other kind of videos that were really just showing what his life was like. But they also showed a bit of an inside look at what it's like to be a college athlete on scholarship at UCF. Which, that could be used in theory, I guess, to sway kids in recruiting, I suppose. Yeah. Donald De La Haye chose to leave the program instead of follow the instructions the NCAA gave him. They gave him an option. But the instructions were a bit ridiculous. The NCAA wanted him to first give back all the money he made, take down some of his videos, and third, he could never again make a video about football. That's not, he couldn't even talk about the NFL. He couldn't do anything, right? Donald De La Haye didn't want to do that. So instead, he gave us his full-ride scholarship. He, he gave up his full-ride scholarship. So after, after doing that, he called out the system the NCAA has in place. He said it's messed up, and I sort of agree. The system in place isn't perfect. The NCAA has a ton of flaws, certainly. But we can't miss the fact that Donald De La Haye made a choice. You could say he was a victim of some unfairness. Sure, totally agree with that. But he did ultimately make the choice to stop playing football. He made a YouTube video called The Real Reason I Lost My Full D1 Scholarship Because of My YouTube Channel. In that title, he completely fails to take accountability for his choice. It should be called The Real Reason I Chose to Give Up My D1 Football Scholarship. You know, when my brother died, I was a freshman in college. I quit school. I quit my job. And later when I was complaining about this situation to my friend Shelby, she challenged me. She said, yes, you were a victim of unfairness. I'm so sorry your brother died. 
But she pointed out that I chose to quit school. And I chose to quit my job. I had to get out of that victim mentality. It was exactly the wake-up call that I needed. Donald De La Haye is a product of his decisions, just like I was. We can't forget he chose to stop playing football. So you can't play college football and have a monetized YouTube channel. So you can't make YouTube videos and play college football. That's the deal. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying it's something I agree with, but that is the deal. That's how the world works. My other job in high school is working at a car wash. Our boss didn't let us have beards. Do you think that made any sense to us? Nope. But it didn't have to make sense. Because those were simply the rules. If you want to work at the car wash, you can't have a beard. And if you want to work at the movie theater, you have to follow the ridiculous rules the manager makes up. Those are the requirements. You want to play football and get a free education? Then you can't have a YouTube channel. It sucks. It stinks. It really stinks you can't have a YouTube channel and play college football. I would love to attempt to walk onto a college football program. I'd film the process. That sounds really interesting, actually. But it also sounds like you can't actually do that, which is a shame. Not that I would anyways, but that seals the deal. I'm never playing football ever again because I can't film the process. Unfortunately, in this situation, the NCAA is the ridiculous manager, and they hold all the power. So in order to reap the benefits of having a full-ride scholarship, you have to follow their silly rules. I'm not saying that I agree with the rules, but it doesn't matter if we agree. That's just the way the world works. I didn't agree with my manager at the movie theater. I just shut up and did my job. I loved going to the movies. I like going to free movies. It was awesome. We can't forget Donald De La Haye chose to quit football. There was a scenario in which De La Haye could have continued to play football, but he chose another option. And, and honestly, it looks like this was a pretty good situation for him. At some point, football was going to end, and he would have had to move on to his career. So this whole situation gave him a ton of new followers. He, like, his, his channel's kind of blown up. Despite the way it's been framed, I don't feel bad for Donald De La Haye. Life forces us to make tough decisions. And, and often we have to deal with bad managers and bad bosses. That's life. I'm glad my dad has been telling me the whole way that we have to deal with bad managers and bad bosses. My whole life, my dad has told me that since I was in fourth grade, and I'm so grateful for that. This whole discussion caused me to think a lot about whether or not college athletes should be paid. Here's where I land on paying college athletes. Is college football a business? Yes. Should the NCAA be more open about the fact that they're really more of an athlete than a student? Yes. 100%. You're definitely more, you're not really a student athlete. You're an athlete student. You're way more an athlete than a student. Student athlete is a silly term. That doesn't mean they should pay you. I always hear people, I always hear people saying, the NCAA is exploiting its athletes. You're damn right they are. You are a resource to the NCAA. The NCAA is using student athletes to make a ton of money. Now, you can either take the deal and use it to make yourself a better life or reject the deal. Again, in college, I worked at a car wash. The car wash made buckets of money. I, I watched so much money go through that place. I made a penny for every dollar my boss made. I made almost nothing compared to what we made. 
But I wasn't mad that I wasn't getting paid enough. That was the expectation. College athletes on scholarship not only get to play college football in front of thousands of people. They get to live what for many people is a lifelong dream. And they don't have to pay any money for it. So Division three athletes also play football. But in order to play football, they have to pay like 50 grand a year. In the Pac-12, a football player gets free housing, a free meal plan, tons of free clothing, free tuition, and they get to play the great game of college football on the biggest stage. I I do wish, I really do wish the NCAA was more open about the fact that student athletes are really more athlete than student. But they can't do that. They will lose all their leverage. But for the most part, the term student athlete, it's a joke. It really is. Yes, College football players have tough schedules. Football is around the clock. It's a full-time job. I've done it. It's, it stinks. But they don't have a bad gig. First of all, they graduate 100% debt-free. They also get to see things and have experiences that, depending on the school you go to, are somewhere in the realm of really cool to unbelievable. All they have to do in order to receive all of these benefits, the price to pay for all the perks of a full-ride scholarship, is you have to treat football like it's a job. Remember, Division three do athletes do a lot of the similar work to this. They, they do all, you know, the, all the weight training, all the studying. They study the playbook. They do all this stuff. But Division three athletes have to pay 40 or 50 grand for the same benefits that a Division one athlete has. A Division one scholarship is a good gig. Not a great one, but a good one. Kind of like the movie theater. It's, it's not ideal. You have to follow these dumb rules. It kind of stinks, but... It's not that bad. It's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be. It's your job to take advantage of the situation the NCAA is giving you or not. I'm going to call that two topics. By the way, Kenny Smith last night said he couldn't believe the Celtics would trade Isaiah Thomas, given that he played for them right after his sister died. Does he not understand how the world works? It's not personal. That's just sports. I read that and I almost laughed out loud. Come on, Kenny. Kenny Smith knows better than that. It's a business. I believe in Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather step into the boxing ring. Floyd should dominate Conor McGregor. But if you've been paying attention, I believe that Floyd has given Conor McGregor a small sliver of hope. My senior year of high school, my team played a school called Skyline. Skyline regularly competed for state championships. In fact, when we made it to the state championship, Skyline beat us. So my senior year, we played them in the playoffs up near Seattle in Sky, uh, at Skyline, their home turf. This program was really cocky. They didn't take us seriously at all. The same night of our football game, Skyline's basketball team was playing in a big basketball tournament. At the, at the football game, almost no one showed up. They were really arrogant. They thought we would be an easy win and all their students would just go to the next game. Well, we went on to beat them. Skyline didn't take us seriously, not as much as they should have. When I see Floyd Mayweather flying all over Kingdom Come, making appearances on Jimmy Kimmel, saying things like he's going to bet on himself, and when he's supposed to be at training camp, he's at interviews with Colin Coward, saying things like, well, first of all, when Floyd Mayweather Sr., his dad, when asked how Floyd Mayweather was training, we heard his dad, Floyd Mayweather Sr., say he's been training hard enough for this guy. Hard enough for this guy? So you're saying he's not had the best camp of his life? He's basically admitting this isn't his best training camp. 
Floyd has everything to lose. He's 49 and 0. Floyd Mayweather does not want to end his career 49 and 1. Does not want to tarnish his record. There's no way Floyd Mayweather Mayweather would be stupid enough to not take this seriously. He's not going to lose to Conor McGregor. I really don't think that's going to happen. But it is possible that Conor McGregor may just be hungrier. He may work harder in training camp. This, he may take this far more seriously than Floyd Mayweather does. That is Conor McGregor's best shot at winning. If he can take advantage of Floyd Mayweather, who doesn't take him seriously, all I'm hoping for is to see Conor McGregor make Floyd uncomfortable. I, I really think Floyd is going to crush Conor McGregor. But man, I would love to see Conor McGregor win. If Conor can catch Floyd off his game, if, if he can catch Floyd unprepared or slipping a little bit, maybe he didn't prepare as hard as he should have, that is a sliver of hope Conor McGregor might have to win this fight. I'm going to take another short break, grab a drink of water. After that is our last topic of the day. This next topic is one I would never normally talk about, but it's really, I have a really interesting opinion on it. I, wanted to, I want to discuss an article that is going around. Just It's riling everyone up. That's next on Strong Opinion Sports. I'm Zach Schaumler. I'll be right back. Let's move into the last topic of the day. Portland, Oregon is my hometown. Well, I, I consider it my hometown. Before my junior year, my family moved across the Columbia River to Vancouver, Washington, a suburb of Portland. The Burbs. Vancouver's about a 10-minute drive from Portland. But you know what the suburbs have? Really good football teams. I don't. I didn't transfer. I moved. So when I, I didn't do all the paperwork. My family just upped and moved our house to Vancouver, Washington. I did this partially because my football coach made it clear he didn't want me to be his quarterback that next season, that my junior year. Partly because we lost our house and we were moving away, and partly because my old school was terrible at football. So again, coach didn't want me. We lost our house anyways, and my old school was really terrible at football. I moved to Vancouver and played quarterback at one of the best schools in Washington. We did really well. We won a playoff game. We had a huge upset over Curtis High School. It was a ton of fun. I had a blast. That same year, my old school in Portland, Oregon went 0-10. <laughs> that did not sound very fun. By the way, my old school has a new coach now. I like him very much. Great, great guy. Rooting for him. Love that coach. There's an article going around my hometown of Portland, Oregon right now. It's called High School Football Coaches Blame Surge in Transfers on the Rise of AAU-Type Culture. It's getting a ton of attention. It's really riling people up. One of the main focuses of this article is Jalen John. He was a starting running back who transferred out of his old school. It goes on and on to talk about how his old school, which only won one game last year, will have a hard time next season. It mentions how his old school could have been built around him, right? They could have built their whole team on the, the back of Jalen John. In fact, the article implies that they're being robbed of a chance to win games next season because of him transferring. So I want to defend, defend Jalen John and other kids who switch schools. Now, before you leave huffing and puffing and get all angry, hear me, at least hear me out. Jalen John won one game last season. That's not fun. I've done that. I've been a part of teams like that. That is not fun. Seasons like that stink. It's not Jalen John's job to build up a program. 
If he wants to, great. But Jalen John doesn't want to be the only good player on his football team. He doesn't want to be Russell Westbrook. Some guys want to go play with their buddies. In fact, that was a difficult factor when I moved. I played with all of my best friends from growing up. You know, Sam Darnold is USC's quarterback. In, in high school, Sam Darnold was approached by dads at a bigger, better high school. They wanted Sam to come play for their team. Sam said, no, thank you. I'm good. He wanted to play with his buddies. Some guys want to build a program. Maybe it's not about their buddies. So some guys want to play with their buddies. Some guys want to build a program. And it has nothing to do with their buddies. They just want to be the tipping point of something great. And that's noble. I commend guys like that. But some guys just want to win. That's not to say you can't have fun without winning. Not at all. When I transferred, it was a mix of things. My old, my old friends were working. My, my old, at my old school, my friends and I were working to change the culture. But then when my head coach said he didn't want me to be starting quarterback, he did, it, it was really easy. It was really clear. He didn't want me. I was like, screw you. After all that work I've put in? So I left to a new school. I knew I would have way more fun. Even if I never played it down, we'd be winning games and that would be fun. I wanted to be a part of that. <laughs> I even ended up being the starting quarterback for two seasons. It was, that, was, that was way more fun, more fun than I ever imagined. The point is, you only get to play high school football once. I recommend you figure out what's important to you. Then find a way to get that out of football. Whether you want to play with your buddies or build a program, maybe you just want to win a ton of games. There's nothing wrong with any of those options. Different people find enjoyment in different ways. It's your life. Go live it the way you want. Teams that are gaining from transfers, they don't mind transfers. It's fine. And obviously the teams that are losing players, like Jalen John's team, hate transfers. Later, the article went on to discuss the way off-season training is supposedly influencing players to leave. In a nutshell, high school coaches are running off-season programs and supposedly recruiting players out of them. Now, that does happen. It totally happens. I'm not going to lie and pretend that doesn't happen, but it's massively overstated. People, this issue is not even close to what everyone is treating it like. When I moved to my new school, I was not, I repeat, I was not recruited by the school I chose to go to. They did not need to recruit me. They had a winning tradition. I watched them play on TV in the state championship game. The articles about that place made the school look fun. I knew that's where I wanted to be. Some players are recruited and they leave. That does happen. But again, it's largely overstated. It's not the big issue everyone treats it like it is. Let's think about it. If you're losing players, isn't that partly on you? Like, like, like why did your girlfriend break up with you? Some other guy flirted with her and gave her what she wanted. Well, why weren't you giving her what she wanted? Why, why are you even lo- losing your girlfriend? What's the issue there? Clearly, you have an issue too. Coaches who are mad about losing players should look inward, not outward. Why are kids leaving your program? It could be so many factors. But the bottom line is, those guys that leave aren't getting what they want out of the experience. Obviously, it's really hard to win and build a program, especially when you're a loser school. But some of it's all about messaging. Go look at the Instagram page for the Lincoln High School football team in Tacoma, Washington. 
I'm serious. Look it up. It's fantastic. It's Lincoln underscore Abe's underscore football. This page is so smart. It's all marketing. But it's not just for the kids on the outside looking in. It's not, it's not for recruiting purposes. It also keeps the eighth graders who are planning to go to your program invested. Of course I want to go there. Look at their Instagram. It looks awesome. It's like I want to be a part of that. Obviously, you're at a disadvantage if you have a bad team. No one's lying. No, of course you are. Who wants to play for a bad team that loses games? But you can still send out good messaging. Share that you're building a program. You're working hard. You're changing the culture. Use hashtags like, you know, building, working hard, changing the culture, stuff like that. Give the guys looking at you a reason to want to stay. Maybe you're a coach and you just refuse to do social media. Well, too bad. Times are changing. Get on the train or not. No, no, you do not want recruiting in high school football. Recruiting is unfair. It stinks. And, and although I, I hate to break it to you. There are schools from rich areas that are, are better at football, often. They have better facilities, better parental support, you name it. That's also unfair. So unfairness happens everywhere in high school football. But you do not want recruiting in high school football. Not at all. But the kids who care enough to transfer... If a kid cares about football so much, he's willing to transfer, you don't need to recruit him. I did my homework when I moved. Dad, you see this article? You see this video? This is a school I want to go to. High school coaches just need to worry about making awesome programs you'd want to be a part of. And if you can share it on social media, that's huge. Get the message out. So when kids look at your program like me, the messaging is there that... This is a team I want to be a part of. Man, someone's going to hate that segment. Someone really is going to hate that segment. I don't know, I don't know who, these, who these people are, but by the way, this article had something that just was ridiculous. It called out a kid from Prairie High School in Vancouver, Washington for transferring to Sunset High School in Beaverton, Oregon. <laughs> like, I, I read this, the bottom footnote. I was like, are, are you serious? Yeah, I'm going to guess that's a reach. This guy did not transfer. <laughs> that, the, the, the writer of this article realizes that that's moving from one state to another, all the way across Portland. I, I guess maybe his mom works in Beaverton, or, and he rides an hour and a half to school with her every morning. Come on. That doesn't, what a joke. That doesn't happen. Again, does the guy who wrote this realize how big of a distance that is? I would bet the guy. I, I almost guarantee that kid just moved from Vancouver to Beaverton. You can't criticize that. If you're listening, I could really use your help. You probably enjoyed the show if you made it this far, so tell your friends about Strong Opinion Sports. I would, I would really appreciate that. On Friday, I'm submitting this show to iTunes so it's easy, even easier to find and listen to. Please share the link to this on Facebook and like Strong Opinion Sports' Facebook page. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Zach Schaumler. This has been Strong Opinion Sports. Have a great day, everybody.